0: Welcome, 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 Gary and Lisa Black, the Black Tribe podcast as Lisa's adjusting the video. If you're watching us on video, you're watching us at patreon.com slash Gary and Lisa Black or jointhejourneyman.com. We're doing Black Tribe podcast and we're doing M456 podcast. That's usually John and I for men, but it's really good for you ladies to listen to. Um, Welcome. We're in the 719 Lending Podcast. Studio, downtown Colorado Springs. Shout out to them and Marquise. Lisa Marie, what are we doing now?
1: Oh, well, uh, we are going to talk today about just the uh, situation that we have going on with um, the agenda and the propaganda that is happening with families and a generation that is afraid of reproducing in marriages and in families and uh, just the the lies that are out there that um, that marriage is something to be afraid of, but also that reproducing and having having children is a medical condition, or that having children is a curse and not a blessing, mm. and that it will ruin your life.
0: Yeah, and let, let let's back up just a minute. Like last night, so we're going to be doing these podcasts because we're we're parenting adult children. Yes, and we have children from 32 to 21 now. Yeah. And everything in between and your parenting never stops. Your parenting style for sure changes. Yeah, definitely. But your parenting doesn't stop and last night we had our oldest over, our 32-year-old daughter. So <laughs> and we just had a blast. We did. She had she's had covid and been really sick and so she wanted to move in with us cuz her roommates were partying. Her
1: roommates were having a Christmas party and she yeah. was just so tired. She was like, "Can I just come home?" So we watched a Christmas movie. Your favorite. My, our favorite Christmas movie. It's your favorite now. It is mine now. Too. We had yeah, to talk I, you into I it. I am George Bailey. You are George Bailey. But what came up in that movie was um, Alexis, our oldest, is, like you said, 32. And she does not want to have children. And she's made that very clear to us. And um, I will say everyone, I'm like, oh, but you'd be such a great mom. And she's like, stop. And so I have stopped. But um, during the movie... She realized that the importance, the the theme of the movie was that the father of the movie had passed down his legacy to his son, and his son had picked up that legacy and run with it, and he had changed the lives of an entire town, if not a part of the world. And it hit her that, like, there's more to having children than just having children that's because so they're good. cute or they're fuzzy yeah. or you want someone to look like you or you want to have a baby. Like, there's actually a legacy that you pass on. Yes. And that's we had bigger to, than you
0: an inheritance that you pass on. Exactly. A spiritual inheritance yes. and a financial. Yes. And we had to keep pausing. Uh, because the she epiphanies go, were hitting you know, her. was hitting. <laughs> she's like, Dad,
1: oh, my God, you've carried so much weight. Yes, I can't believe you're yes, being Yes, her respect. <laughs> yeah. her, you know, just like understanding uh, the weight that George Bailey carried mm-hmm. because he had a calling on his life. Yes. And, and her relating, she's always related George Bailey to you, but like the depth of that now that she's stepped deeper into adulthood and then seeing that through the eyes of a man. And coming home and having a family and, and what you've carried all these years and having six kids and and her respect and her honor for you and how much she loves you and her appreciation for you. And we sh- you just had to keep pausing the movie so yeah. she could tell you these things. Well, and it was great.
0: Obviously, I-, I hid my tears a couple of times because it does hit your heart as a father, especially when you've been rejected as a father and accused um, and lied about as a father. You, uh, you have to take those moments that are crystal beautiful from heaven times yeah. and say, "Yeah, this is so good," and let it go into your heart because we have to believe the good as much as we can believe the bad. Yeah, that's a good point. And there's been a lot, uh, especially recently, of accusations from one of our children that just isn't true. Yeah. Um, and I have to just hold that, but it's it's a hard hold. And it's a negative thoughts at 3 a.m. in the morning. Yeah. And it's, oh, crap, how do we parent these guys in their 30s? Yeah, And now they have children. And, like, our 26-year-old son is like, man, everything's changing for me, Dad. He called me the other day, and he's like, because he has a, he has a little one-year-old girl. little Tatum who's changed his heart, yeah. changed his life. And our little girl Emily, she's, she's having a little girl. She's having a baby all, any day here.
1: Changed. She's turning. she Her heart is going back to... To two-year-old Emily. Yes. Because her dad died when she was uh, two and a half. And she changed when she was two and a half, and her part of her heart died then. Yeah,
0: her liberalism is dying.
1: Yeah, she, <laughs> her views <laughs> on the world. She's starting to
0: like capitalism yeah. a little better. She's making some money. <laughs> Let's go, God. Come on, my prayers are working. Anyway... I want to press into this because this is really interesting. As you were uh, describing this to me the last couple of weeks, and just where we're at and the the state that we're in, especially in the West. Well, that's not true. It's the whole world. Yeah. I mean, I'll never forget a quick story. And then I want you to get going, babe. Is um, we we were in Greece, and we've told this story, but um, we went. We had our world race squad. Yeah. We went really late that night. It was about midnight. Um, and we were walking back because I needed to get my steps in. That was fun. To the hotel. And this and cab driver.
1: I had, I had high heels on. Uh,
0: cab driver pulls up next to us and says, you can't be out here on these streets at midnight. We're in the middle of Athens, um, and his Greece. very
1: thick Greek accent. Yeah, yeah, very
0: thick. So we jumped in his cab and we started talking to mm-hmm. him, of course. And we showed him a picture of our grandbaby who had just been born, Michaela Michaela Ryan, and he pulled the cab over in tears and he clapped his hands and he said, I can't believe that you have a grandchild. I can't believe it. And we're like, what?
1: He said, you're a grandpa, you're a grandpa, you're a grandpa. Yeah,
0: And he said, I have two children and they'll never have kids. Mm -hmm. They were both in their 30s or 40s, -hmm. his children. And he said, we stopped having kids here in Greece uh, a a long time ago because they can't afford it and because they don't want them. And and so that guys that was years and years ago 2015 2016 Yeah he
1: said he looked at you in the eyes and he he turned around and he he just was tears were streaming down his face he said you are such a blessed man Yeah he said I will never be a grandfather I'll
0: never get to experience what And I remember, and I remember you how it hit, hit you here. because oh, you
1: were you, obviously you were thrilled to have your granddaughter but I don't think it fu- you fully realized how blessed you were until that moment the weight of it yeah and how important it is that it was such a blessing that this man was he you were like a hero to him that you got to have a grandchild and he realized he never would because his kids believed they couldn't afford it and so it just wasn't going to happen and his family line was done
0: family line was over Mm -hmm. and it was all based in fear not reality yep And I want you, so I want, that's the direction I want Mm -hmm. you to take us because
1: that's what's happening in our country. What's happening
0: in our, in our country and our own families and our own family is it's everything's based in fear. Yeah. Fear of COVID, fear of the future, fear Fear of of success,
1: fear of, um, it being a medical condition, fear of this being the scariest time to be alive. It's all a lie. It's a lie. It's the best time. And I'm about to prove it to you. Okay. Show us. All right. Let's go. Take us. Okay. So this idea that there's a couple things happening. So one of them is that uh, pregnancy is being treated as a medical condition. And I couldn't believe that that was real until someone that I love very much said that to me, that they were only going to have one pregnancy. And I, and she was young and healthy and beautiful and just had had a healthy pregnancy. And I was like, Oh, well, are you going to, and I, I know I'm not supposed to ask these questions, but my generation, I ask questions to get to know people better. And I know I'm not appropriate and I have to say, I'm sorry a lot, but I just (sighs) ask questions like, because I just want to get to know you. And so I'm just like, oh, are you going? Are you going to have another one? And oh, I don't think so because of my health. And my follow up question was, oh, I didn't. I wasn't aware you had a high risk pregnancy. I'm sorry. Uh, no, I just I don't want to risk it. And so they don't have a high risk. pregnancy. It was pregnancy. a perfect pregnancy. Perfect it was health. Perfect. Perfect. perfect everything was perfect. But out of fear that something might not be the next time. Okay. Not going to risk it. Wow. Which to me sounds very fear based. And, well, it is for and I, I just think maybe I was super naive. I had my first pregnancy at 20 and it was fine. I mean, I, it wasn't actually, <laughs> I had, I had toxemia and which is extremely high blood pressure that only happens during pregnancy, okay. which is, <clears throat> is deadly. And they put you on bed rest and <laughs> I didn't realize it was deadly. And I just kept wrapping presents and doing my thing because alexis was born on new year's day and my legs looked like this and my arms and my face i i looked like the gold May elvis and i was just full of fluid and it was but it was fine and it was beautiful <laughs> it was it was fine right yeah it's fine so it, i mean because
0: my question to that always is you know what what in the world did they do in the Nineteen ten. Well, they started
1: learning things, like just like everything on Earth, medicine advanced and people learned things, and we <clears> learned <throat> how to do things. Yeah, and so they they said, "Go lay down and put your feet up and drink a lot of water." Right. So there's ways to move around things. Now, of course, women died in childbirth, and then they learned, like, oh, we should wash our hands, or you know, oh, we have to cut the cord. And we shouldn't cut it as earlier. Like, they, they did learn things. And it's, but it's not, a, pregnancy is not a medical condition. It's not a, it's not a disease. It's, it's <coughs> a natural thing. And studies show that women that carry their babies to term and breastfeed their babies are healthier. It's all the other crap we do that kills us, honestly. It's right. the, it's all Diets the chemicals and, and the stuff yeah. we do that is dangerous. But pregnancy and childbirth and breastfeeding is actually a healthy, normal part of being a woman. Yeah,
0: that was interesting because um, my mom, who had three of us, um, I was the baby. We she still are the baby. She Yes, I'm still the baby. She's in heaven, but I'll see her soon. She... Um, only breastfed me for six months, and her doctors told her when she got breast cancer that she should have kept breastfeeding me. Mm. That, that was a part of what what why women were getting breast cancer, that combined with the pill, taking the pill.
1: Well, if you look at the rates of the distribution of, now, birth control pills were given very they were distributed in the 1950s 60s very sparingly to women at first it was just married women and it was after their second child like they were very careful with it then you know eventually they got more liberal with it now every 9 year old girl that has a pimple or has cramps like and now women are on it from the time they're 11 until they're 60 it's very it's it's estrogen it's pumped into your body for a long period of time the rates of the distribution of birth control pills and, um, breast cancer, the, the chart, just, s- just look at yeah. the chart. Yeah, It's the same. So you can go study that on your own. Right. Don't, I'm not a medical doctor, but just look at that. Dr. Lisa. So once we start putting extra estrogen into our body for long periods of time, that does affect our body. Okay. So just look, just look at that. Okay. Okay. So, There's the natural things that our body goes through, and then there's the the artificial things our bodies go through, and then that's how it is affected. So this fear that's coming in here is, where is this coming from? Where is the propaganda coming from that's, that's telling people that? So do children ruin our lives is pregnancy dangerous in and of itself? Is breastfeeding dangerous in and of itself? Is sex dangerous in and of itself? Or is it the extra things we add to it that add more danger to it? Okay. So, so
0: so is it a medical condition to have a child?
1: I don't think so.
0: (laughs) I don't, I mean, you. I guess a lot of people are having them in the hospital. Actually, a lot of our alumni, young people that are having our spiritual grandchildren right now literally are doing it at home.
1: Yeah, a lot, of, which is where, I mean, my dad was born at home.
0: Well, yeah, my dad was born at home and didn't see a doctor for the first three yeah, days of his life. I know. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and well, his mom
0: just got to do it.
1: Yeah, and right. I think I think prenatal care is excellent. I think, I mean, all those things are beautiful, but I think... You know, there's more diseases in hospitals. I think if you're a a low risk pregnancy, you can have your baby at home. I mean, all I can tell you is I had my three babies in hospitals. You don't sleep in hospitals, right? I think when if you can have a baby in a in a a warm, safe, clean place and sleep in your own bed, it's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, I was I was in labor with Alexis for 30 hours Mm -hmm. on New Year's Eve in a hospital in Detroit, and you know when you're awake for 30 hours and it's, it's strenuous. The first thing they brought me in the hospital after not eating and being awake and being in labor for 30 hours with no drugs, they brought me a cheeseburger, french fries, and a cup of coffee. Ooh. Now, I think had I been in my home, they would've brought me like a piece of fruit maybe or something, you know? like I, probably I would've needed, got you a bagel and some hot tea. Exactly, that's, that's exactly what, what I wanted. So well, let,
0: let, Let's back up just a second because I, I wanna read this. so. Genesis 1, and I've looked at this scripture up, down, sideways, in every way. It says, And God blessed Adam and Eve, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. Hmm. So God's command to us was, right, be fruitful and multiply replenish now we couldn't take dominion in the old covenant but we do get to take new uh, dominion in the new covenant revelation makes that really clear we couldn't take it now we can but okay. we have to replenish the earth with kingdom children with children that have the seed planted in them we have 5 of our 6 alive most of them have children a couple of them are all about ready to one of them is and right? Alexis uh, is still looking for a good man. Shout out to a 30-ish-year-old amazing man of God that would want to be part of the black tribe, which is a scary thing. Um, she awesome. wants to be married. Yeah, We were watching her last night, watched romantic scenes on this Christmas movie, and her heart was just fluttering. She just doesn't want to have babies because of this fear, Yeah, right? But it is a commandment from God to replenish the earth, yep. right? And so that is our job as kingdom people. Yeah. Guys, I want to tell you, you are to have kids. Now, we're going to get into some things later and how you parent adult children and you know having kids in your bedroom and sleeping in your bed and all those kind of things, which we've talked about some of that in the past, right? But nobody's listening. Not real popular. It's okay. Um, so we know we're supposed to replenish. We know we're supposed to birth amazing babies. Psalms says, David says about them, they're like arrows in your quiver that you shoot to the nations. Right. Yeah. And we want to shoot our kids. Not that all of our kids are perfect, and we didn't do it perfect, right? But our kids have the seed of kingdom planted in them, and they know they're to take dominion and replenish the earth and make it look like the Garden of Eden. That's the whole point. To get back to the Garden, and we only do that through our children, which is an inheritance. I, I'm not a big legacy fan because I do think it strokes our ego, but our our spiritual and financial inheritance is our children. Mm. And and it's so clear in scripture that that this is how we take the earth back. Yeah. But what's happened is this fear has hit the generation millennials and 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 Gen Z in such a way where they're like, we're not going to have them anymore. And just like in Greece and all over Europe, they just stopped having babies because of homosexuality. We can't mm-hmm. reproduce because of fear, mostly. We can't reproduce, and and most older, the most of the older generations are never going to. Hold a grandbaby, mm. which is the highlight of yours and mine life. It honestly is. I mean, Palmer Grace calls us in the middle of the day, and we stop everything.
1: <laughs> oh, you see a picture. I mean, I get a picture of Tatum, and I don't care about anything else happening right. in the world. Like, honestly, my heart feels like it's going to explode. Yes. It's just like, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. But another part of this is this idea that, like, children are just this awful, horrible thing mm-hmm. that, that rule your life and destroy your life. And I'm telling you, if they do, it's your fault. Okay. We are creating monsters. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And I want to spank parents right now. I want to honestly put parents in timeout because we are letting children rule the earth. Yes. And the way we are being so disrespectful to teachers, to people in authority. I, I was talking to Alexis last night about this. I used to as a single mom working pretty much 7 days a week i would buy the teachers that were with my children all day spa packages because they were my partners they i never went into a parent teacher conference and said why are you torturing my child i went into a parent teacher conference and said okay honey thank you so much for what you do all day what do we need to do like how how are you and i what what's going on like we're we're a team. It has turned now that the child is in charge, and the parents and the teachers are against each other. Yes, and we're in a war, and the the children are the dictators. Yes, they this dictate. is what's happened. They are dictating everything. 100%. The children are the bullies. Yeah, and now we're on. We're we're all against each other.
0: And all I can say to that is, guys, the biggest mistake I ever made in parenting was trying to make my kids my friends. Mm-hmm. Our kids don't need more friends. They need parents. They need parents. They need people who aren't afraid to say no. They're not afraid to draw some good boundaries around the family, to have family dinners a few times a week, Yeah. to not bow to the idol of sports like we did, like I did. I will own that all on my own. To not bow to, I mean, we were talking about this the other day. You, you had a school teacher in a little schoolhouse in a community and, and the farmers would all farm, and the kids all went and got taught, and the teacher and the parents worked together. Now, it's completely shifted, yeah. and we have cat boxes in our schools right up the road here in right. Colorado Springs, because so many young because girls the, are identifying. Because the
1: children are determining what that looks like, and the, the teachers are afraid of the children, and afraid of the parents, and the parents are afraid of the children, but no, there's... Everyone's afraid of the children. Everybody's afraid children of The children are determining everything. Yeah,
0: we, we have one young family that we disciple, and their their child got in some trouble, and they were the only parents that showed up to the school to deal with it. And it involved about 10 other children. I mean, it was bad stuff. It was miserable. These parents are dying and hurting. They don't know how to walk their child through this at 12, 13, 14 years old. And it's been miserable for them, But they, and they've had no support. mm zero support by any other parents and so where are the parents i want you to take us into this is what where'd the fear come from why are we acting this way
1: and what's some of the solutions that we can get to i can tell you when it shifted okay okay i want you to look back into the so we look at the 50s as like the heyday like it was it was so safe and so we had this traditional fathers went to work mom stayed home and children went to school we we respected police officers. We respected teachers. We respected the principal, and and adults kind of still ruled society, and children did what they were told to do. Now now we think that that was too uh, too harsh. Okay, but we all knew where we where we worked in society. I grew up in the '70s, and this is this is basically how things worked. We all went to work in school. We came home after that. We had dinner together as a family. We maybe watched maybe an hour of TV together. Happy days. Happy days. Or we watched uh, Little Laverne House on the Prairie, or whatever. Yeah. And it was pretty lighthearted entertainment. And then we all read a book or whatever and went to bed and started the next day and did it. On the weekends, mowed, mowed the lawn or, you know, did and some And we only knew how chores. to come
0: home because of the streetlights. Yeah, when the street lights came on, we played
1: outside. We did that stuff. Yeah, it was kind of an awesome childhood. It be really completely was, completely honest. Absolutely, I wouldn't we trade were. it. I mean,
0: my dad was an angry man because he'd never been taught how to be a father.
1: Well, most of our dads were either post Vietnam or post, you know, World War Two, right? Um, and they were quiet. They didn't talk to us a lot, but we did respect them. They did what they was theirs to do, and when they spoke, we listened. Right, um, and I think that. We always, we always go too far. You know, we always go way the too far. The pendulum shifts yeah. way too and I, far. We are going to go into, you know, the next couple of podcasts. We are going to go into the gentle parenting and, and what that means. And and so we always go too far. So I'm not saying that, that having quiet dads who didn't talk to us or moms that overmother us us, all that, you know, anytime it's overdone or it's extreme, we always have to kind of pull it in. So I do think that, but... <laughs> I don't know. We talked at our dinner table. I don't know what your dinner table was like. My yeah. dad was quiet, but he wasn't really angry.
0: No, we talked and we talked and it, but you were at the dinner table every night.
1: And you ate it. You ate it, no matter how much it was. Whatever was put in was, front
0: of you. I would try to sneak was, like the Brussels sprouts underneath no the table. There was no
1: separate meals no. for everybody.
0: <laughs> no. And again, we know, we understand, obviously times have changed and times are different. And we have soccer and football and rugby and hockey and all the things that we have. But that's where it got lost in translation. Yeah. The family broke down, and it really happened in the 60s, right? We, we want to read an incredible book, go get Khan's book on this. It's unbelievable, right? It's in the 60s, in Stonewall in New York, the, we allowed the enemy to come back into America, and the breakdown of the family, you look at the charts, it's unbelievable what happened to family of, because we let certain spirits back in the, the dark trinity mm-hmm. of the Old Testament by our actions. And so now we have this family situation where we, our idol is really sports. Idol of America is sports. We bow to our kids. We run all the time. The minivan doors slide open and slide shut 50,000 times Ugh. a day, right? And there's no dinner time or family time. And when there is... And especially if they show devices. it on television, like commercials, shows, the dads are always idiots. They're always silent, piece of shit, nothing to be said, pathetic men, instead of strong men who love their family and look them in their eyes and tell them the truth in love and actually parent their children.
1: Okay. Can we even look like, let, let's take it a step further though. I want you to imagine in your head, and this is going to be hard for some of the our younger listeners, but I want you to... Imagine in your head what your house looked like in the 70s. You had a we had a family room. We had a kitchen, we had a breakfast nook, we had a dining room, we had bedrooms. Now we have open concepts. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so we our actual spaces were defined. So our lives were super structured, like in our classrooms. We had our reading area. We had our math area. We had our – so everything was – we knew what was happening all the time. Well,
0: and when you got in trouble, you had to go into the office and sit alone. I had to do that anyway. Okay, well, thought.
1: I'm so old that we actually had to sit <laughs> in, in the a corner. stool in the corner with yeah. a dunce hat. So
0: You didn't have a dunce hat.
1: We, I, I actually remember – we actually <laughs> – Smith Elementary School in Plymouth, Michigan, I actually remember a dunce hat and I remember the paddle.
0: Well, I had the paddle. We had a big I bet you got beat all the time. I got spanked by principal breeze a few times.
1: Oh my gosh. You were a bad kid though.
0: Yeah. And our parents rejoiced in that. Our parents loved that. My dad would come (laughs) in and say, beat him again. (laughs) Like it wasn't a bad thing. Your dad loves child abuse.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, it was just the structure of it was defined and there was structure. And that's, I mean, the point I want to make is our lives were not consumed by confusion and chaos. And when you're a child knowing what's going to happen the next 10 minutes is security. Yeah. And I think that we did feel secure. I knew what time my dad was coming home. I knew what time my mom was coming home. I knew what time dinner was. I knew what time bedtime was. And I think a little bit of the lifestyle that, that started to creep in in the nineties and the two thousands started to bring in a spirit of chaos. And I think that this current generation lives in chaos, and I think the anxiety that is reported by the younger generation is because of a spirit of chaos.
0: Well, we were literally sitting there last night with our millennial daughter.
1: Oh God, this was amazing.
0: Yeah, and help me describe it because I'd never heard of it. She was having a. She thought I was having an anxiety attack. So you were
1: sitting in your dad chair, your big leather chair, which still isn't big enough for you, but. We have to put an extra ottoman at the bottom of his feet because he's so tall. Okay. So he's sitting there, and Alexis has said all these beautiful things to him while we're watching the movie. And he's patting his heart because he's so touched by the things she's saying. And he's crying. But she turns to me and she said, is dad having anxiety attack? And I'm patting my heart because I'm so touched by what she's saying. And she goes, mom, are you having anxiety <laughs> attack? And I said, Alexis.
0: You can have an anxiety I attack.
1: <laughs> <you> can, <laughs> I said, Alexis, dad and I don't have anxiety attacks. You, yeah. you don't? And she, I said, no, we don't. She goes, I have them all day, every day. And she goes, wait a minute. I'm not having one right now. And I said, why are you not having one right now? She goes, because dad's here and I feel safe. And I said, yes, exactly. And it was just hilarious that she naturally assumed that your hand on your heart was you having an anxiety attack because that's where her mind goes. You were feeling touched and emotional. So that's why you were putting your hand on your heart, which
0: I think is good. Right. Awesome. Right. And I, and I, and again, we're not Taken away, I know many it's of real. you have anxiety it's attacks. Real. Yeah, we're not trying to take away from that.
1: But that's how different our generation is. But that's are. how
0: different we are. Yeah. Like, we don't, I've never i've never even thought of an anxiety attack. It never has entered my mind before. um And she's thinking, I'm having one. And then she, it was like this epiphany to I her. I know, that, she was having a lot of, oh epiphany. my God, I don't have to have an anxiety right. attack. If they don't have them, I don't have to have them. Right. And I think that's the shift of good parenting. When I'm parenting them well, I'm showing them the way to move forward in strength. We go from strength to strength. We don't go from anxiety attack to depression attack to suicide attack to, oh my God, what am I going to do about this or that? We actually move from strength to strength if we're moving by Holy Spirit.
1: But it was the presence of a father and security, because that's what the presence of a father does that squashed the anxiety in her.
0: Well, and that's why there's been such an onslaught. Against exactly. Fathers, yeah. And
1: so when you combine the chaotic lifestyle that Americans live in the last two generations combined by the spirit of fatherlessness, you are going to get a spirit of anxiety that has landed on our country over the last two generations to the point where my five-year-old granddaughter thinks anxiety is normal. Yeah to where it's a part of her daily language,
0: daily moment language
1: that all of her friends <laughs> yes just think that where I would have used language like happiness or joy or fun, she thinks anxiety is a normal natural emotion to have because it's so common now.
0: Yeah, it, well, it is the common thing and so we know we've shifted. We yes. shifted in the '60s um, out of the '50s, and you're yeah. still the '50s wife. You wait for me with the martini and, a, and the hot and dress a beautiful on, beautiful
1: dress and Ooh, chaco.
0: No, she's not. She she is a '50s wife. I can tell you that. I don't get the martini at the door. I love traditional. That life. would be awesome. Um, so we've shifted out of that. Instead of strength and stability in the home, and having good moms and dads that actually say no get us at the dinner table. Guys, and I'll say this because I know it's chaotic, at least twice a week. You know, Lisa's rule for our six when they were growing up was, I don't care how much sports are going on. I mean, all of our boys were in competitive sports costing us hundreds of thousands of dollars. And that's my fault. Um, They were little white kids from Monument. So why we thought they were going to get full ride scholarships. I mean, a couple of them played USA rugby and had some great careers, but uh, it took over the family. And you always insisted on at least two nights a week around the dinner table.
1: Yeah. And I think what people don't realize about all these activities is it, it doesn't just exhaust everyone and it doesn't just um, take away family dinners. It doesn't just steal rest. It divides the family. Yes. Because in order for you to be at that ballpark, I had to go to that ballpark and our daughters were not interested in any of this. They were sick and tired of being at their brother's events. So I lost all that time with my daughters. And yeah. you lost all that time with your daughters. Right. We were in and gyms, baseball, yeah, uh, and it everywhere, was, football. It was stressful. It was expensive. It was awful.
0: Yep. And I coached, what, almost 16 years yeah. of uh, all the boys. So it's, it is an awesome part of family dynamic. It can be. It just can't be the idol it of the family. It can be.
1: But yeah. it's... And I've seen so many families like we had so many families that they bought like RVs and it became it's it almost can get a little cultish. It was and, cultish. and I think, you know what, <laughs> if that's your thing and that's your religion and it brings your family together, like I think our family came together around camping and boating, but the whole family was involved in it. And it was something everyone enjoyed and it, it, it was a getaway from the city and it was a getaway from the stress. And if that's what that becomes for you, then that's great. But if it divides the family, if it steals your finances, if it steals your joy, if it steals, you've got to figure that out for you. I don't think it's inherently evil, you know, It, but it's, it can become a God like anything else. That's and right. if it's, and it you've an got idol. to look at that for your family. And if it's, I just, well, I'll never forget standing out front of the school with Noah. I went, I would walk down to his school every day and pick him up. And he was like in first grade. And I just saw all these parents yelling and screaming and cleats and throwing fruit snacks down their kids' throats. we got to go here. We I thought, what are we doing? We've I mean, these are babies. It. You people have lost your freaking minds. Yeah. Is, these are babies. And then, and then. You throw divorced families in there and you throw blended families in there and little children trying to remember whose house they left their cleats and who has their and the stress of that. And I'm thinking, no wonder
0: well, that happened to us until we got full custody. It, we were literally parenting out of fear of the courts mm-hmm. and what the courts might say if we didn't show up for this practice or didn't show up for this game. And what my first wife, my ex-wife would have said and reported, which she did all the time anyway, falsely. And It was just another place if of we manipulation. we were late yeah. to a practice or whatever. But we literally were parenting out of fear at that point. So we understand that with blended families. We get it. And most people listening have been a part or are going to be mm-hmm. a part of a blended family at some level, right? And if you let that dictate how you parent, you're going to miss out on years. Yeah. Literally. And you're going to have regrets.
1: You could actually lose a child All right. over it.
0: So so if you're watching, make sure, um, GaryLisaBlack.com. you'll get these later, patreon.com slash Black. Babe, I want you to give us some solutions, some answers. What are some of the things that we can do?
1: You know... Children are a blessing, not a curse. Pregnancy is a blessing, not a curse. Yes, adoption is a blessing, not a curse. It's children have been given to us to to remind us that life is precious, Mm. and you know uh, most of our grandchildren have been born outside of wedlock, for lack of a better word, and I celebrate it every time, and I always will celebrate. They are a blessing. And they're they, not bastard children. They're not bastard <laughs> children. They're children. Yes. And all children should be celebrated. And all children should have a home. And there is there is nothing to do but celebrate their lives. And they will teach you things about life. The thing is, is every child on earth, this is the thing that, that amazes me, is like our little Tatum, she just turned one. And she's, she's going to say things this week that no other human has ever said. Mm. She has a fingerprint that no other human before or after will ever have. And she's going to do things that no one else can do. And we need her, she's needed on this earth. And she's going to advance the kingdom in a way that no one else can have. And that's worth celebrating.
0: Absolutely. And she's
1: worth fighting for. And probably next week, we have another grandbaby coming. And we're gonna drive through the night, or fly, or we don't even know. We're just waiting <laughs> for the phone call, and I mean, it's crazy. It's gonna cost us two thousand dollars to go to the yeah, hospital. No matter how you swing but it, but we're gonna do it. Yeah, you know, because it's it's new life, and I think that is has to be all of our perspectives. It's just worth it. I mean, we drove through the night just to go to Tatum's birthday party, Herb,
0: one year birthday party. One year we birthday party. We turned around the we next day, and, day, and, the drove next day back. and
1: drove back because. Yeah. She's, she's never going to be one again, Yeah, you know, and she won't remember we now, were there.
0: do we over-celebrate our children? Absolutely. But it's our one-year-old it's granddaughters. A, yeah. There was 30-some people at this party.
1: Yeah, Tatum she, was like, well, <laughs> I don't know what's happening, <laughs> right. but she's the most beautiful little girl that's yeah. ever existed up to awesome. this point, right? Yes. So I just think we have to change our perspective a little bit. It isn't that Tatum's our God, it's that she's Tatum, Yeah. and God brought her to this this family for such a time as this. And
0: she does get to be God with skin on. She gets to be a presence of Jesus. I I read this the other day again that God limited himself to you and me. We're his eyes and his feet on the planet. And that's the responsibility that comes with raising your children. You need to break a spirit of fear over yourself if you're afraid to have children or if you only want to have one. That's not fair. You need to be outnumbered. Have at least three. <laughs> have babies. My God, it's amazing. Right? And because you've got to be outnumbered because it challenges your parenting. You, It's easy to parent one. That's probably not easy. I, we always We got married with five and had six. Right? But I want to encourage you. It's just time to break that fear off. Yeah. If you're waiting for a man... You're a 30-year-old woman, and we have a lot of those out there, waiting for a good man. That man is going to show up, but you need to wait in your heart. You need to be okay with waiting. If you're a young mom and you're afraid to have a baby, get over your fear. This is the most amazing gift that God ever gave anybody, was to reproduce an actual literal life on the planet that's going to reproduce itself. And it's the only thing that reproduces. With all the movement, with LGBTQ+, plus the, the homosexuals, the lesbians, all the people that are in our lives all the time, we love them deeply, and they're always welcome at our friendsgiving giving. so
1: amazing. And they're
0: so amazing. They speak life to us, and we oh pray for gosh, them. Oh my gosh, I love them so but much. But they don't reproduce. Yeah. They can adopt. We've got one spiritual son who married a man, and they adopted. And he's right? yummy. And he's a yummy, yummy a little, little yummy grandson. Boy, yeah. Yeah, and so you we continually give life and reproduce families everything but babies having them that fear that's come we need to break yeah we do so we're going to go down this road
1: yeah we're going to keep going we're okay. just going to we're just going li- to really look at like what is happening on this earth and what is god saying <laughs> Not what is media saying, not what is TikTok saying, yes. not, not what is the propaganda being shoved down this generation's throat because yeah. they are being lied to.
0: We need to say that over and over. Don't take your medical advice or your any Our, advice Your from Lord the and
1: Savior is not TikTok, I no. swear.
0: You get your direction in life from Holy Spirit. I was listening to the Word of God early this morning, and I love the la- just the book of John. And Jesus says to his disciples, Oh, guys, I don't want to go. I'm going to really miss you, but I have to go. Yeah, And, and I'm going to leave you a friend. I, if I don't go, the, my friend can't come. He's going to hold your hand and guide you through life. That's Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit literally is your friend that holds your hand and guides you on having children, on raising children. Yeah. And we're going to get into this uh, down the road of how do you parent adult children Really well, mm-hmm. especially when they're rejecting you. They have their own ideas now, right? Yeah. They've been they've been. Uh, well, I don't. I want to use a good word here. Groomed mm-hmm. by Disney and the media and the social media of one way to think. That's what we're watching with this Palestine Israel thing. All these college kids—they're just ignorant. They don't know any better because they've been groomed to think this way. And it's, a, it's it's destroying a generation. And all we want to do is give life to who's ever listening and bring that back.
1: And the last thing I want to say is the, the last, uh, the, the most potent thing I hear often is that I don't want to bring children into this world. Actually, if you look statistically, this is the safest time to be alive as a child. 100%. No, it safest. really actually is I know. the safest time to be alive. We have the now, best medical. If you are, we do have the best medical. We have the best vaccines. We have it is the safest time for children to be alive. However, if you are constantly listening to murder podcasts and podcasts about whatever you're putting in your mind, and that's also your your algorithms. That's what's being fed to you. You are going to believe that the world is the scariest it's ever yeah, been. Yeah, and it's ending. It's, it's being fed to you. Yes. And, and the people that are in the pulpits that are supposed to be giving you hope, I, this is what's always interesting to me. The Bible's described as good news, and the people in the pulpits, I mean, Jesus said, behold, mm-hmm. I have good news.
0: I have good news.
1: I have good news. Behold, it's good news. <laughs> it's it's the message. hope right? you're watching. My yeah, wife is I, becoming Jesus. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I am. I have. And good what's news. the good news? The good news is Jesus came to bring life yes. to the full. Yes. Period. For eternity. Right. Right.
0: <laughs>
1: yes. So, if the people in the pulpits that are supposed to be the the mouthpiece of the good news are bringing you doom and gloom, you need to go to a different pulpit. Yes, please. So, it's good news. Yes. There's hope.
0: And we win. And we win. And so bring more kids yeah. so into kids the winning. Yeah, so your kids are going to be okay. Chaco. All right. All right. Thanks, everybody. Hey, we're going to stay on this series for a while. If you didn't listen to our last series on cults and religion, uh, I'd really encourage you to do that. There's some just really good chunks in there and some good nuggets in there that you can bite on. Make sure you're hitting us up on garyandlisablack.com. Um, on our email, asking us questions. If you're on our Patreon, I'd love for you to start liking those and leaving comments more. You know, I get a lot now of people texting me on the back end of these and, and just asking me questions and clarity. And what did you mean by this? And I love that. We love that. So, hey, thanks for listening, guys. God bless you. We'll be back.